0: Hello and welcome to Things I Learned From My Mama. This is a podcast about all things mama-related, from bad mamas, glad mamas, mad mamas, sad mamas... Anything and everything mama-related. My name is To. My name is T, and we are the hosts for this podcast. So, it's been a minute since we've recorded our last...
1: It's probably been like a month.
0: Yeah, um, life just got in the way. We got busy with a bunch of stuff, so... We just didn't have the opportunity to record when we wanted to, um... So if you're wondering why we disappeared, no, we did not give up on this podcast. We are still very much invested, but we also just had changes in our schedule and things came up, but we're back. Yes, and thank you for our listeners who have tuned back
1: to this new episode. Um, it, our, we're definitely a work in progress.
0: Yeah, uh, you can tell our production quality is kind of low again like we said, we're doing this all by ourselves. We're handling all the costs by ourselves. So everything is a little bit rough. So we appreciate the listeners that are listening now or have continued to listen or started listening. Um, I definitely check up on the stats a little bit too much. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm appreciative for folks who are just starting to listen in or um, have been listening from the beginning, or even just the ones that are kind of dipping in and out for each episode. Um, I feel like there's a lot we can talk about today, because we've had probably a month in between. Yeah, and
1: it's like, it was a month of a lot of things that happened, Mm -hmm. um, both on an individual level and on a family level. Right. Um but we thought we'd start today's topic um with the topic of letting go or really the inability to let go um because my or mom basically has a crippling inability to let go right um and I think it just manifested to a lot of Stress and anxiety and everything else that comes along with it. Um, and it just kind of enveloped and swallowed right, our household. Um, but uh, to give some context, um, mom is someone who kind of lives in the past.
0: Yeah, I was. And so. I
1: wouldn't say she was oh, I don't I can't say she was always this way, right? Because we came into her life in her mid 30s. Mm-hmm. So we don't know if she was like this before, but as time has progressed and as our mom is aging, she's constantly living in the past and when she looks forward, when she looks towards the future, it's like Extremely far ahead. But then it's like 10... But then when she looks to the future, she's comparing it to the past. Does that make sense? Right. Um, Like, oh... It's going to be hard to buy a house. And it's going to be way harder to buy a house than when I bought a house. And when I bought a house, like, it was hard for me. But I made it. But you're not... I don't know. It's just like... I don't know. I just... It's hard to describe without
0: you being there and seeing it. But. And I think it's also hard to understand it because we can't... There are some specific things that have happened that we are choosing not to talk about. Mm-hmm. So it's. I feel like it's hard for people to kind of grasp that what we're saying about mom because we can't give <clears throat> concrete examples just because we're choosing to protect her and protecting ourselves as well yeah so if we talk about stuff that's really vague or I don't know we refer to things really in a really vague manner or we're kind of not really straightforward that's the reason why
1: yeah I mean I I can definitely give I don't mind giving some of my stories just because I know that I'm recording this as a podcast and like what's the point of recording a podcast if I'm like not gonna say anything and beat it on the bush but I don't know it's just this past month I've been going through a lot of changes yeah um like in my career and in my like own personal like social life mm-hmm. and um just like financial and all of this stuff, um, like I am gonna be going back to grad school, <clears throat> and I'm super. Or when I got my acceptance, I was really looking forward to it. Um, I was really excited because this is something that I want, um, and like I feel super passionate about, and is something that. Or that my my choice to apply is something I'm really proud of because it came... It was almost, like, two to three years in the building, but just never taking that step. Um, but... And I know this is, like, a fault to my own, or my own fault. But I wasn't very transparent about my own per-
0: internal... Dialogue. Dialogue, basically. And that's something we can talk about later, because there's a reason for that. Yeah, too.
1: like I, I wasn't super transparent about it with the pe- like, with people. Mm-hmm. I just like kept it all to myself. And when I finally made that decision, um mom got really upset because she thought it was like a spur of the moment. Like, oh, I'm tired. I don't want to do this. I'm just going to like go back to grad school. So the context is that for a long, long time. Like a long time. Yeah. Uh, I was working towards going to med school. And, you know, that was a decision that my parents supported wholeheartedly. I mean, I don't know any... I. It's hard for me to imagine a strong, like a, a substantial population where no one would encourage you to go to med school. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Of course, there are um, outliers,
1: but there are, yeah, there are outliers. But it's not; it's a minority in comparison to the general public, right? At least in the in the states. Um, being a doctor is one of prestige, both culturally, socially, and financially. Right. I mean, it depends on the specialty you go to, but that's like a whole other thing, and that's going into our not so great healthcare system that we, neither of us have the, not like the complete knowledge of, but, um, and I, and I think to an immigrant parent, that's kind of the epitome of like, this is why we came. And it's, it's an immigrant parent that escaped from a country that they felt was dangerous for them and for their children's future.
0: Yeah. So not immigrant, but rather in that context, refugee. Yeah.
1: Refugee. Um, so When I finally made this decision to not go... To them, it was very abrupt... Because I wasn't very... um, Transparent with my internal dialogue... And my internal struggle... Because I just realized that I was chasing... Like an idea...
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Of... Making everyone proud kind of thing... And saying like, oh all your hard work was worth it because, like, I've done this for you to show that it's, you know, what you've done for me is worthwhile. And, of course, I'm still going to grad school because there's, like, a part of me that still wants to fulfill that, but I've decided that I'm not going to choose my entire career to fulfill that, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I've I've gotten to a point where I'm like, you know what, there's going to be a point where mom and dad are no longer here, and then who am I living for for that point? Because... Up to this point, I was entirely not I I can't say entirely, but a lot of my big choices was based off of or was based or chosen for the family and like for our family legacy and for our family name. And so um I decided to go a different a similar but different route in healthcare, and uh mom was very I mean both mom and dad were not pleased at all because they thought that I had just given up because it was too hard and or I gave up because I had some quote bad influences in my life. Yeah. Um and so it's been about I don't know, like I, I think. Well, technically, it's been about a year, almost a year since I officially, like, officially, officially decided that I wasn't going to med school because there was a period of my life where I could have interviewed and I declined the, the, um, offer, the interview offer. Um... And so since then mom and dad have continuously brought up that I gave away like the chance of a lifetime that I gave away not gave away but I threw away my future that I threw away all the hard work that they invested into me right putting me into sc- into a private school Spending all that extra money and time giving me tutors and extracurriculars that would help me get into college and then ultimately get into med school because my dream for going to being a doctor literally started in elementary school. Like I'm, I'm not being cheesy when I said say that it literally started in elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, Like anyone who, anyone in my family who knows me can attest to that. Um, And so. It's been hard because I know what I'm doing is not a shameful career. Like, it's still a career in healthcare. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the social, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm still going to live an honorable life, right? right? It's not like I've completely thrown away my interest in healthcare to pursue something that I've never considered before. It's just like a different route of... Fulfilling my career goals and and, um, working towards my professional strengths. Um, But yeah, they keep reminding me that I've thrown away my whole life, basically. And I've thrown away precious time. um, Because I'm a woman and I'm on a biological clock. Yeah. Um, And that, you know, by now I could have been... I think by, I could have been almost done with med school and starting my residency and I could have already found the man I'm going to marry and <laughs> plan to have, like, I think mom's tentative timeline when I was still slated to go to med school was, oh, she's going to go to med school and then she's going to find someone in her second or like third or fourth year of med school and then they're going to be dating for two years And then during her second or third year of residency, they're going to get married. And then while she's still in residency, she's going to have like one or two kids. So by the time that she's 30, she's going to be married with two kids. And, you know, by the time we finish our residency and become licensed physicians or board certified physicians, we'd be able to buy a house. Like she had a very, very clear idea of what my timeline would be. And now I'm... Nowhere near that timeline, which was like never my intent to follow that timeline, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. And I think for people who might think that this is super outdated of mom, um, you have to remember that by the time she had us, she was already in her mid to late 30s. So she came from a different era. Not only did she come from a different era, she came from a different country where the norm was at her time to- in her time getting married by like twenty. And the expectation was that you were gonna marry get married by twenty if you were a woman. Of course that didn't apply to men, mm-hmm. and then have children right away. And lots and, of children. Yeah, and they see that as as kind of your future like your future being settled. That's like a secure Well it's not it's just not only security,
1: but that's just what you were meant to do. Like that was just the fate
0: slash destiny of all women. Right. And I actually I I would I, I hesitate to even say that much because what I've found and I'm sure that you know is a lot of what mom says that we used to take as fact is actually not fact in her own experience. Mm. So really, even that narrative is unreliable because a lot of the things... I don't want to say a lot of the things, but a good amount of the things that she says we come to find out later is not really based in truth at all. And Mm. it's more based by her own... Her own truth. Her own truth or or idea in her head. So Because she also came from a really tiny village where everyone was mostly conservative and traditional and and spiritual and religious. Mm -hmm. And so her experience is vastly different from some of the other people with our same heritage that I know who will tell me, like, actually, that's not the experience my parents had at all. Yeah. Um, So just putting that out there. But... Yeah. I also think that... um, I think that she's pretty exceptional. And I, I always kind of hesitate to talk... About this stuff on the podcast because I don't want it to be a show where we're just trash talking mom all the time because the truth mm-hmm. is that uh, we both love her a lot mm-hmm. and I hate being one of those kids that throws around terms really irresponsibly like I I know that among Gen Z kids it's becoming really really common for them to call their parents toxic or abusive and I don't want to be that person that denies that experience but. I think it's important to remember what those words actually mean. So, Abuse, for instance, isn't just somebody hurting you, because we're all capable of hurting people. Uh, The difference between hurting someone and abuse is, um, hurting someone can be completely unintentional and accidental. Abuse is when you hurt someone with the intent of hurting them, knowing that you're hurting them. So again, I'm always hesitant about trash-talking mom because I don't want to be irresponsible in that way, and I don't want listeners to be like, oh, they have a horrible mother, you know? Because that's not the point of this podcast. It's just about sharing stories about moms. and But sometimes we have to remember that those stories can be really hard and, and not very glorious, and I think sometimes we view the family unit as having to be sacred, and that comes from the nuclear family stuff, but we, we, don't, we shy away from stories that are ugly. And so... That's the purpose of this, is that... Yeah, there's a the reality
1: that things that you learn... There's things that you learn from your parents and there's, that are good and bad. Like, right. You, how many people have we met that are like, oh my god, I never want to end up being like my parents when I grow up. And it's not necessarily because their parents are evil people, but there's just things that... You know, actions that their parents have done, or like um, a mentality that their parents live by that has not reaped the benefits that they thought it would yeah if that makes sense like the pros vastly await the cons or you know sometimes it's more of like oh my god my parents are so embarrassing and so yeah. cringy and so like oh my god that's so last century that i don't want to be my parents when i grow up there's like very different way you know meanings for it i never want to be my parents when i grow up but I think when we created this podcast, I think we wanted to talk about mom, primarily mom, through different lenses, right? Because we've learned and we've, I, I don't want to say inherited, but like I we definitely developed very great qualities that's come from her right. but at the same time we've also are developing or we've acknowledged that there are qualities that are extremely harmful not it's like from annoying to extremely harmful right, right. And that not everything that we learned from mom is bad but not everything that we learned from mom is good right um, and I think this is like one of those things that has been very loud mm-hmm. um, in the past in the past couple of years that yeah. this ability inability to let go has debilitated our mom from just simply and it's so corny but like living life presently like in the present. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so corny. Like, that's... I feel like that's such, like, a live laugh or, like... Lo- Wait, what's it called? <laughs> love, laugh, pray... Love no, lo- no, love, pray, eat thing, yeah. you know? But... But it's like, true. If you're... If you, like... And, and I was telling this to, like, one of my really, really close friends that, like, I, you know, like, I think, like, like, mom... I don't think either of us can deny has and is a very good person. Mm -hmm. Like, she's... Yeah, yeah. Like, in terms of the things that she has accomplished in her lifetime, it's great, like, she's compassionate, she's caring, she puts people first. Like, she's a great host. Like, no one can deny that she's a great host. Um, But she's also human. She's, yes, exactly. She's also human. And I was... You know, talent, Like, I was reflecting on that, and I was just thinking, she's a good person, but her inability to let go and her fear has enveloped her so greatly that sometimes it's hard for us to see the good woman that she is. Not that she used to be, but that she is, you know? Yeah. Like, sometimes when... Because my mom calls a lot of people from her life. You know, people from her home country. And, um, you know, like, she will talk to her, like, friends and stuff. And catch up with them. And it's admirable. Like, sometimes her friends literally just dump, like, their emotional... Um turmoil onto her and she just soaks it up kind of thing but I think it's gotten to the point where she's soaked up so much but doesn't want to release does that make sense like she takes all of this anxiety she takes all like she takes not only her anxiety but everyone's anxiety her fears and everyone's fears and just holds on to them yeah and she's not like, you know, and a big part of meditation is acknowledging you have you're experiencing those things, but also learning to let them coexist with coexist and let them naturally pass, yeah with everything else that you're feeling. Like you can feel happy and sad at the same time. You can have multiple feelings that exist at the same time, but I think for mom it's, she doesn't think that they can coexist. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I, and she's allowed, I don't know if, I can't say allowed, but, like, we have seen that her inability to let go in in conjunction with fear and anxiety has redefined her. And I I think has become her primary, not definition, but, like, it really defines who she is now. Yeah. Um and it's you know, it's heart wrenching to see that. But at the same but because, you know, this is our mom, this is someone who we love and we don't, you know, I don't think it's hard to see someone you love so dearly suffer so much. But at the same time, like we've gotten to a point where we understand like I don't I can't say understand, but like we see what's going on. But, I like, we're frustrated because she knows she's holding on to all of these things and refusing to let them go. Yeah. And there's only so much that we can do as a daughter and just, like, as a person um, to try to, like, guide her not even guide her but to like gently encourage her to let go and and it's it's gone to a point where like we ourselves are also super drained
0: yeah and i think we feed off of her anxiety sometimes too so yeah i think we are we are becoming, or I, I, I can't speak for you, but I know I have become a very anxious person mm-hmm. in the past couple of years, um, and I think the other thing is that it is I, I, what I've when we don't talk about this to other people a lot because it's a f- private family matter, right? But and it's just like. It's just awkward. Well,
1: I think we, it's awkward to us because I think we were, we had learned that it's shameful mm-hmm. to acknowledge that something's wrong. Yeah. And it's, sh- and it should be deeply hidden away and never, and, and not acknowledged. And so I think that's also why we have a hard time, even on this podcast, like, and even to our close friends and family like just disclosing what's how we're feeling what's going on and just like the state of family
0: affairs. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's a open secret. Like uh, in the beginning not very many people knew. Now people know, but, the but only there's there's reason... no concrete de- they don't know the concrete yeah, details. Yeah, the only
1: reason they know is because like mom is starting to for lack of a better word like overflow she's yeah. like holding onto all of these things like her tank is full but she keeps taking in more yeah and not releasing you know some of it out so it's like literally seeping out of her overflowing from her and emotions are a very infectious thing yeah. i don't want to say infectious but like It's a very immersive thing. Like, when you see someone immersed in fear, when you see someone immersed in sadness, when you see someone immersed in anxiety, you can almost... When you see someone, like, so deep in that
0: pool, you start to feel it yourself, if that makes sense. I mean, that's why horror movies work so well, or movies in general, because they're good at capturing good at capturing environment and inducing those emotion emotions simply by by the world that they have set up and the characters that they have built. But, um, yeah, so, so some people in our very close circle are aware that there is, for lack of a better word, trouble in t- paradise. Mm-hmm. And what they'll say is, you know, like, you need to help your mom and your mom needs help and stuff. And of course, we want to help her as much as possible, but we also have our own, our own troubles that we have to shoulder by ourselves. And I think and I think the, I think the problem that I run into that is starting to cause, I don't want to say problematic emotions because I think all emotions are valid, but w- what I'm running into is that I don't mind helping mom until it becomes, something that harms other people because I think her fear and anxiety have ramped up so much to the point that it actually has created a very unstable and unsafe environment for and I I don't want to make it sound like we're in this extreme you know like we're safe relatively (laughs) like we're not you know we're not in we're not in
1: um we're not in physical danger we're not in any like grave emotional physical or mental but or in, in, in any like danger like that but I think it's one of those things that over time like erosion over time it just keep, chips away yeah and then by the time by the mo- by the time you realize that so much time has passed there's a really big really big hole yeah. Or you know the rock is really badly damaged or the castle or whatever imagery you want to choose but like everything with time it's not like it used to be. Yeah. When it's exposed to all of these elements that natu- that cause that cause um not destruction but like it just causes decay. There you go, yeah. decay. That was the word I was looking for. Um, and so, over time, and for us, time means years. Yeah. We have gotten to a point where I don't know. I don't know if I can say this for you, but it feels like we are barely sometimes able to get our nose or our mouth up to the surface of the water to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like we're just
0: treading. It's like we're starting to sink. Yeah. I use this... That's actually funny because I use this analogy a lot where there are days when it's better, right? And for me, mm-hmm. it's kind of like being out at sea. On the better days, you can f- you, you're can, you you close enough to shore that you can see people and you can wave and you don't feel that panic and you feel the sand underneath your feet. But on the really bad days is when you're so far out and the current current is so strong Mm -hmm. that you can't swim to shore, you're getting tired, your lungs are burning, you feel Mm -hmm. like the sharks are circling. That's when it's tough. And I think for us, we have more days where we're far out at sea than we are closer to shore. Yeah. And so I'm all about collectivism and community, right, and helping each other, but But at a certain point, you also there's there's a capacity, you have a bandwidth. And when that runs short, you can't help other people if you're not helping yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. And so I think that is sort of the problem, especially within the last month, because quarantine was, uh, I don't know, I think I think our experiences may have been different. I think for you, it might have been harder than it was for me. But relatively, it was okay until maybe, like, the last two months or so. And that's when things really sped up and just got tremendously more difficult. I think, um, I
1: think quarantine hit us in different ways because mm-hmm. it affected us differently. Like, when quarantine hit, like, I lost my job and mm-hmm. i was already working like i wasn't working a, a career job i mean i was i like i wasn't working like as a full time employee you know i was working multiple odd jobs mm-hmm. so i think in the beginning and i was in this i had just like given up on you know retaking the standardized entrance entrance exam for med school called the mcat mm-hmm. Um, cause I was still, I was still feeling so guilty. Like I was unable to let go of the, of the fact that the dream I had was no longer my dream anymore. Yeah. It was like a dream that had come and gone, but I kept wanting to relive the dream. Does that make sense? So I, you know, at the beginning of quarantine, right before quarantine hit, you know, right when... That was when I was like, you know what, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, I'm tired of doing this to myself. Like, I know I don't want to go to med school, but, like, why do I keep doing this? Like, why do I keep retaking MCATs? Like, why am I still putting out applications when I know I don't want to do this? And so I finally was, like, learning to let go. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I let go. And that was when... So at the beginning of quarantine, I was trying to process me learning how to let go after carrying this dream and trying to force it to work for I I think it was like at that point two three years but mind you this is like a a dream I was working on for 20 years um but it was only towards like the last couple of years where I had this kind of aha moment where I was like you know what I think my, I think my dream has been, I think I had a feeling and I, I don't, I just, I was just like, you know, I, I don't think this is for me. Yeah. And I think it was so hard to let that go.
0: Yeah. Especially Um, since you had that for so long. And I,
1: and so many people had invested into that dream too. Right. And so I was just feeling so guilty. And then, so I finally learned how to let go, but learning how to let go and like, trying to train myself to be proud for letting go when, and then quarantine hits. And then I like lost some of the part-time jobs that I had. Mm-hmm. So then not only did I like officially, officially like n- decide not to go to med school, but then I lost my job. So then I wasn't having that great of an income. And then everyone was stuck in one space at the same time. And so I think my parents were also trying to process that I was letting go too, but they didn't want to recognize that I was letting go. Yeah. Or that I was even letting go. Yeah. I think they just thought that I was giving up, which is like two different things. Letting go and giving up are two different things. Um, And so... I think, and then towards the end of quarantine, that's when things started to, like, look up. I applied for a different grad school program or professional program. Well, I don't know if
0: it's end of quarantine. (laughs) Well,
1: like, not towards the end, but, like, the end of this year. Towards the end of this year, like, things And when things were phasing and reopening. Yeah, phasing and reopening. uh, Things changed. Like, my life started to look forward, I guess. Yeah. Like, I wasn't in this stagnant place. I was actually moving quickly. Cause then, you know, I like got a full-time job and then I got into my grad school program and then I was, you know, discussing things with my financial advisor and like things were moving very quickly. Right. And then I was really quickly paying off my student debt.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like things were really looking up. So I think my quor- but then for everyone else in the family, it took like an opposite turn. Like people were stable, at the, like the rest of the family was relatively stable at the beginning of quarantine but then, as quarantine progressed, like people lost their jobs, or like, like mom and dad lost business opportunities. Like opportunities, coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and so for me, I think mine was different. But then I just like, of course, had to make things harder for myself. But that's like besides the point. But um. Yeah, I. I don't know. Like I just, I think this week has been this week and last week well yeah I this think... week and last week yeah. whenever like dad was gone those yeah. from there to now it was particularly like that in- inability for everyone to let go just like truly manifested and like risen from the graves of our house floorboards <laughs> <laughs> yeah um how fitting it is since october is coming up or is upon us yeah. um
0: and I, I, I always am fearful that it will sound like we are complaining over a small family dispute, but, and, and there's no way our listeners can understand it because they don't know our family dynamic and they don't know how this household works. So I can't impress upon all of you, like the severity of what all of this means for us, mm-hmm. but just know that it is severe and, and not severe in a way that you have to worry about us. Don't worry about us. We are fine for the most part but it's difficult and I think um yeah it's just hard um so and and so much so to that to the point that um for me anyways so I I used to have chronic nightmares when I was younger chronic like I every single night I became afraid of sleeping and now I'm starting to think I possibly had a phobia of sleeping because I was afraid of nightmares and then I I grew out of it but I think now what's really interesting is that those quote-unquote nightmares have turned into almost strangely enough I get dreams a lot of disappointing mom Mm. really like I'll usually get it if I'm in a in a pretty not great spot it'll be every night Mm -hmm. um so, that is kind of where we're at, you know. Like I, I, I see all this stuff about like petty disputes between children and parents, and and I don't know other family situations, so I don't want to pass judgment on that. But I just want you all to know that this isn't a simple matter of mom isn't letting me do what I want, and I want to rebel. You know, it's no. it's, it's it's there's it's a lot more nuanced. It's a lot more difficult. Um. There's a lot of moving parts and components to it that we can't talk about. Not it's, that we it's can't. not that we can't, we're just just like right now, we just right not to. We just choose
1: not to, but I th- I think I think something that could if for people who are having a hard time understanding where we're coming from or kind of conceptualizing what we're going through just like imagine I don't know, someone really important in your life, right? Someone, or not even, like, just, uh, it's not even, like, you don't even have to imagine a person. Just imagine that there's a being, you know, Mm. whatever you want it to be, like a ghost or, you know, an orb or an energy or an aura that's constantly following you so that you're always thinking about it. Like, it's almost haunting you and in your ear it's constantly whispering it's constantly whispering what it th- like your shortcomings whether yeah. it was like your shortcomings socially academically um, professional shortcomings or even what it perceives to be a shortcoming you right. know like Oh yeah, sure you got this promotion, but you should have gotten it three years ago. Mm-hmm. Or sure, like yeah, you have your bachelor's, but you know, like it's like. There are there are people who didn't go to school but made the same amount of money, or like that you you like sure you went to university and you finished, but there are other people that didn't go to university and they're making just as much money or not more money than you. Yeah. Or. Sure, you're in a a committed relationship now, but what's it going to look like three years down the line? Like, someone, something, or like, some being that's constantly planting seeds of self doubt Mm -hmm. and like wants to almost block all entries towards self-transformation yeah and i'm not saying that like that is exactly who our mom is but like that's just some for me that's how i can try to describe the feeling the most yeah and i and i know that a lot of it or not a lot of it but some of it for me is also like because it's been planted or mm-hmm. some some instances have been planted. I kind of shame myself, right? Yeah, it's become like a cycle. Yeah, right? You know how you hear about like cycles of poverty, cycles of violence, how cycles it's of abuse. abuse, how it's like passed down, internalized. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we are experiencing a cycle of abuse, but like it's a cycle of self-doubt and shame.
0: Yes. And yes. I don't know
1: if that's something that we inherited.
0: That's a that, good way to put it, yeah. I
1: don't know if that's something that's inherited from mom and dad or if it was something that started with us.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's, like, something that we struggle with a lot because we don't want to, at least for me, I don't want to think that, oh, it started with me. Like, I did it to myself. Like, I must have gotten it from somewhere else, like, a.k.a. mom or dad. Like, they must have given it. They must be going through that, which is why I'm experiencing it. Yeah.
0: Yeah you know yeah we have a tendency and i think especially with terms like um transgenerational or intergenerational trauma too is easier to kind of i don't want to say blame but but trace the source back to something else or somebody else Mm -hmm. and i was literally telling this to you before i don't want to be that person that blames every single Mm -hmm. shortcoming or failure i see myself as that's because mom you know because first of all that's looking at a more generalized picture that's incredibly misogynistic and an overused narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, we we almost, as a society, blame all of our shortcomings on our moms. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because she didn't raise her, right? So I... That's one thing. But another thing is, like, I, I almost think that leads away to self-accountability. Mm-hmm. And that's so incredibly important. And I think... Especially at a time like this. Yeah. yeah. And I I think... um. Yeah, I don't know. I... I think I struggle with the same thing like I didn't know that I was doing it to myself until other people would be like why do you always follow up your statements with the word but you always Mm. say I know this is the way things shouldn't be or I know this is the way this is not how I should be talking about myself but Mm. and I didn't know I was doing that to myself until probably like two years ago three years ago so yeah I would say it's almost like a self-defeating cycle Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. a lot of I want to say like the past few years for us has been trying to unlearn that but again unlearning if you know what that is or if you understand the process is so hard and it's so much easier said than done so we're all trying to find our own way and I think the hope for us is that we can also bring that sort of self-transformation and healing to our mom but we can't do that if she's not willing to come to the table, yeah. and we can't force her because a lot of that process is knowing that you want to do it and choosing to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So it's hard because even though we have, like, even though we've sort of eliminated the cognitive dissonance between ourselves within ourselves of like, hey, I know this is happening and I I I don't want to fix it or I do want to fix it, even though we're working on it ourselves and we we feel like we're transforming. There's almost a limit because a lot of that also depends on our mom's growth mm-hmm. and not that she's not growing, but there's like stagnant air almost. Yeah. So yeah, there's
1: other times where she refuses. Yeah, there there are days where she's like, hey, I kind of want to, but then like the next day I'll be like, actually
0: I don't want to. And I, I think that there's a difference between not knowing how to, not being able to, and not wanting to. Because oh, there are yeah. people who, who are struggling really hard, but they just can't get there quite yet. Mm-hmm. But I think for our mom, there's almost this willful like stubbornness of, I am choosing to stay in this place. Mm-hmm. Because um, even taking it down on removing emotional stuff, even on a physical level, she sprained her sprained? I don't know if it was a sprain. She like but she injured messed her up ankle. her
1: ankle. She
0: rolled her ankle. It was swollen, bruised, like really painful. Two weeks ago. I think two weeks ago now, about two weeks ago. Jeez. And she was refusing to take care of herself, like kept putting, kept walking on it, even though I offered her my old crutches. Was refusing to to stay seated at her work. Like he was using a walker or like, and I
1: mean, I understand the work thing is hard, but like, even when you're at home, like, then choosing to then try to host like a bird... you know a party yeah. and you know trying to carry like you know one two pound pots of broth right on a sprained foot probably more than that and probably more than that like. I don't know. I feel like we're
0: probably really going on a tangent and I... No, but it's related because yeah. even on a base level, if she's not able to take care of herself physically when she knows she mm-hmm, has to mm-hmm, and re- is refusing to, what does that say about her emotional growth or mental health yeah. self-care? And, yeah, and it does really tie into, like, letting go
1: because mm-hmm. you have to let go if you want to move forward. You have to let go if you want to grow, right? Right. I mean, of course you should never forget, Right. There's like so many famous quotes, you know, like forgive your enemies, but never forget their names. I think that's from like JFK and, you know, like things like that. Right. Never forget. Um, But like use that as an opportunity to reflect and grow. But I think it's for her. She's refusing. She's not willing. She's she's not forgetting, which is, you know, important in terms of moving forward in history and initiating change, but she's refusing to forgive. She's right. refusing to re- forgive herself. She's refusing to... Well, I don't know if she's refusing to forgive herself, but, like, she's refusing to forgive what has happened. Yes. Yes. Um. And because she's... For, yeah. And because she's refusing to forgive and what has happened, it has manifested to kind of like why did it have to happen to me
0: yeah um, there's almost this self-victimization happening yeah, but um i don't know it's difficult and i i if there are any of you out there listening to this who are who feel you're in this, a similar situation or maybe even worse um you have our empathy. Yeah. We don't know you, but we understand that it's difficult. And we're so, so sorry that you have to go through it. Um, but, you know, here's to hoping for your healing. Um, just know we're thinking of you because even though we may not know you personally, we may not know your name or know your face. Trust me, we know that you're out there. Mm-hmm. Um, even for folks who aren't listening, like we have all the empathy in the world. Mm-hmm. Um we really, really do empathize, and we're so incredibly sorry that you have to go through. I wish no one had to, but it happens. Yeah, but I think that's a good place to stop because I don't want to get teary eyed, and I don't want to start crying. <sighs> um, and I know it's, it's, you know, this episode is definitely harder than our other ones to listen to, um, but that is the nature of life. And again, like I was saying, the whole purpose of this is not just to share silly stories but we also want you all to know that ugliness is real ugliness happens and um it's it's okay to talk about it it's we don't have to pretend like everything's fine all the time and we ourselves are struggling with that Mm -hmm. like we are unlearning that too but you know the whole purpose of this is to promote um to promote like community and, and make sure that you all know that we have each each other's backs
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: through really difficult family situations or life situations. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if you do want to share your own stories or also comment on this one or also comment if you have like something you want to share about it, your own experience that you feel is similar or if you just want to share a completely unrelated story, like a funny story or a silly story about your mom or a mom figure um please head to our subreddit called things learned from mama there's no shorthand um and mama is spelled Mm m-a-m-a um there's a bunch of guidelines up for you to follow just be respectful we don't accept bigotry um what else am I missing? You can find our our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Overcast, Apple. Is it called Apple Podcast now? Uh, I think it's called I Apple Podcast. I think so. Yeah. Um, I think Breaker and a few more. Um, I, I there's so there's like a bunch of platforms that I'm I still am learning. Um, and do you want to talk about who provided our music?
1: Yeah. So our music was or. Yes, was provided by Jay Anua. Um, We finally have a link to his platforms. Um, It will be in the description of
0: this episode. Um, And then our cover art was done by my lovely friend Jen. You can find her on Instagram at Jen Doodler. She also is doing a horror marathon for this month, which is the month of October so you can follow her along she does i just love that she she watches like a horror movie every every day of october and then does like a drawing yeah it's, it's a great really cool. series it's really really awesome but um yeah you can follow her there and um i think that is it yeah thank you for
1: listening um please go to our reddit it's a very lonely page
0: <laughs> yes. a re- very lonely subreddit page out there we really really want like, if you're comfortable sharing, we would really love to have your stories, because we do want to feature them on this podcast, and we're just waiting for submissions. Um, and we might try to make, I don't know if Reddit is available
1: worldwide, because yes. I know we have some global listeners, so maybe we'll try to find, like, an alternative page. Like, yeah. Maybe we'll make,
0: like, a Facebook page or something. I don't know. I think know. Google Forms might be a good... I, I would have to figure the logistics of that. But yeah, yeah we're going to find a way to make um, make that platform to share more accessible because... I don't know if Reddit's... Yeah, I don't think Reddit... Reddit's a little bit confusing to navigate sometimes too, even for me. But yeah, um, yeah if... We do encourage you to share your stories. We're not going to push you. Um, We will ask for your consent to share the story beforehand. Um, But please, please, if you want to share your stories, please share your stories because we are looking to share some of them on this podcast Um, only if you're comfortable. Uh, And yeah, I think that concludes our episode for today. So we will see you all in the next episode. And thanks for hanging in for about a month. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye.